This episode is brought to you by marketing consulting firm, the Bonafide Lyrics and Marketing, LLC, where creativity meets business. You can check us out at www.theblm.com for more information on how we help local artists and creatives maximize their business presence. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's the All Love, No Fear Podcast. Hey, It's hey. the All Love, No Fear Podcast. Hey, Check hey, us out. Hey. It's the All Love, Oh, No Fear Podcast. podcast uh-huh, podcast. uh-huh. All Love, Oh, No Fear Podcast. Hey. What up, what up, what up? What's up? What's up, people? What's up? We out here in these streets. You already know. What is up with the people? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? What up? What up? What up? What up? Word. What up? We are here. Uh, Welcome to season four, episode episode seven seven of the All Love No Fear podcast. It's me, KB, with my lovely co-host, Mark Metapoetic. Benny. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was happening with the hands, but you know, here we are. Um, yeah, yeah. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. Um, hot but good. Yeah, we almost. I mean, we almost got shot up. Um, full disclosure. So, <laughs> why, why shot part up? <laughs> part of why we got here started so late is because we had an errand to run, and then we were hungry, and we said, well, "Whatever." All the all people who are watching live know yeah. that we started late, and so we had to run an errand in another part of Queens and we were like oh let's get some food before we go back to start the podcast so we stopped at a deli on Jamaica Avenue or a bodega I should say a bodega on Jamaica Avenue to get um, some chopped cheese sandwiches so we go in Mark tries to order the chopped cheese the guy the, the cook is acting like he don't Understand, like he just mute. He just standing there staring. It's like he was just he was just looking at me. I was like, I was like, do you understand? In my mind, I'm like, oh, do you hear me? In my mind, like, oh, he's on the phone. Right? Are you deaf? Like, I was like, what's happening? I was like, hey, I'm what? Can I get something? He was like, he was looking at me. I was like, can I have a chopped cheese? Everything on it? Yeah. Why don't you not say anything to me? <laughs> right, like it was just a very stressful. Talk like, to me, please. Interaction. It was just like, is something wrong with him? Like, what's what's? Does he have some type of developmental delay? Like, what's happening? So he starts making the sandwiches. Whatever, whatever. Next thing you know, a guy comes in and orders a sandwich. And I guess he must have told the guy not to put it on the grill, not to put the gre- the bread on the grill. Because you know when they make like sandwiches in the bodegas, they normally like put the bread on the grill and let it toast up a little bit. And I guess he was saying, don't put my bread on the grill. Like, leave it cold. And, the, and the, I guess the... Well, before that, the same guy came in and ordered or was trying to order something. And the guy did the same... And the cook did the same thing. Just was kind of looking at him like... And the dude was like, uh, you all right? Like, do you understand? Like, what's what's happening? <laughs> so the guy places his order, whatever. And then he's standing there and he sees the guy putting the bread on the on the grill. And he's like, nah, don't put the, the bread on the grill. And then I guess the cook is like, no, that's how we make it. I'm putting the bread on the grill. And the next thing I hear is, nah, it's my effing food, son. If I don't want the, if I don't want the bread on the grill, take it off the grill. Then the owner, I guess, comes in. And the the guy says to the owner, "Yo, your cook is wild, and I don't know what's wrong with him." Um, and then next thing, the following sentence was, "Yo, do you know me? You know I air this whole thing out." I was like, "See, I'm just, 
I'm hungry and I'm really just trying to get my meal. And I feel like he was very serious about airing it out. And I just, I just was like, I could he finish my chopped cheese before you start, please, please, thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> I was just standing there the whole time, like, you know how you you see a situation potentially escalating, but you don't want to be scary boots, but you also kind of want to see if it's really going to escalate because you want to keep your eyes open. Yeah, so, so I was like, just kind of standing there like this the whole time, like I'm on my phone, but I'm like looking around, like any sudden movements, any sudden because if that cook going to get shot, I would I would not like to be a part of it. I don't want to be a witness. I don't I don't want to be anything. The yeah. dude was like, "Yo, I, I f this dude up." Y'all know how I give it up. I was and, just like, and he was uh, like, "It's for my daughter." I was like. Hood dude, you can't mess with hood dude's kids. You yeah, you really they, can't do that. He's like, it's not even for me; it's for my kids. You out here playing with my flowers? Like, mm, you can't mess with like. Mm. I don't even know this, but you one should not mess with hood dude's kids. Yeah, y'all should you shouldn't mess with them. Period. But yes. then when you start getting into the kids, it gets <laughs> one should not. It gets it gets a little different. I was just like, okay, one should not. And so he eventually they, finishes the guy's sandwich. They kind of have a few more words. Then he leaves. Then they he finishes our sandwiches. We getting ready to pay. Then the cook want to come up there. All of a sudden, he got all this mouth. Yeah, that dude was. Fucking mad enough. Next time, I'm a. I was like, you wasn't saying stuff when he was talking about he was, he was gonna smack. He, he was mad quiet. He said he was gonna smack you about four times, and you didn't say nothing. You sat mad, back there quiet. quiet. You didn't say nothing. Now when he leave, now he went to the front and grabbed like a. Uh, 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 it looked like a part of a broomstick or something. Like, oh, if he come in here again, I'm like, if he come in here again, you gonna do the same thing you was doing before? Make the damn sandwich. Because you be quiet. Because he told you to your face. He was within smacking distance of you and told you he would smack you. You, did, you didn't do nothing. You did nothing. You did nothing. You just made your stamp. So don't, don't do that. Just, just, just accept that you got yelled at and move on. And I don't think the cashier believes you either because he was like, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> the cashier was like, oh, all right. That was the best part. The cashier was like, cool story, bro. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> the cashier know you're not about that life. So I don't even know why you're up there like, he was like, yeah, hey, okay. That was that was the funniest part of it. He was like, "Yeah, yeah." We come back. Yeah, he was like, like "Oh, all right, uh, cool." Yeah, you not you about to do the same thing you did just now? Nothing. <laughs> That's nothing. cool. Nothing. Nothing. Because I promise you, I feel like if it was just that man and them people in there, he probably would have smacked them. Honestly. Yeah. Like I think because the owner was in there, and and, and it there seems was, like he respected the um, people that were in there and everything. Yeah, like he seemed like he was cool with everybody else in there, but. He comes here all the often. Yeah, he said, I come here all the time. I've been coming here, whatever, whatever. I think it was just that cook that was uh, playing games. Playing games. And I was just like, I love Queens. It's great here. It's one of my favorite places in the world. These types of interactions give me the giddies. Giddies? Yeah, it makes me happy. Giddy, 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 giddy. But yeah, that was our adventure on this fine Sunday afternoon. So yeah. Thankfully, it didn't get eared out. We got our sandwiches, and uh, we're here now. So, praise God. Word. Praise Whoa, God. Um, blessings flow. Yes, 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 yes. That's a jam right there. Um, anything else going on? Come and talk um, to me. Yep. No, we can just kind of get right into the love it or lose it. Hey, love it or lose it. Hey, 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 love it or lose it. Hey, love it or lose it. Hey, 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 that's what I hear in my head when you do the shibby do it do. That's what I hear in my head. Is that amigos? You know I don't know. What? Like a, no, that's uh. I think it's future. It's one of them people. Um, I'm old. I don't really be knowing. Like I be knowing the songs, you, you, you still, but like you still know more than I do. 
but not really like who who and all them people look the same i'm not trying to be funny but they all have a look they all like it's the Migos. They, 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 yeah. they, they all dress the same. They all dress the same. They all look the same. They all got locks. It's, it's a lot going on. So, I, I'm people are interchangeable. So On, on the flip side, that, that's how they felt about us in the 90s. That we all dressed the same. Facts. Because so, we did. Yeah. But, so, I, I understand. Just like when you had the generation, you all just be like, all right, this is, this is the cool thing to wear. Yes. I mean, I do appreciate that a lot of the young male artists these days have locks. Because I feel like that wasn't really a thing. Back in the day, so I appreciate the fact that so many of them have long, flowing, well maintained locks. Y'all, y'all, y'all outfits are more complicated than ours. Our, our, our outfits was like, do you have good joints? Right. <laughs> do you have good Tims? Like, do you, it was just shoes and a fitted. Do you, really. Do you do you do you have the, the flight jacket with all the teams on them? <laughs> do you have a jersey? Yeah. I, our outfits were very, very yeah. Today's easy. fashions are a little bit more involved. <laughs> it's very easy. Yeah, it's a little bit more involved. What these jersey days. do you have? Ah, <laughs> uh, jerseys. Is it a hockey jersey? <laughs> is it's, it a baseball jersey? It was, is it basketball? It was, Who is it? It was very base model. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't have to do much. Yeah, y'all have to do. Y'all got to do a lot of coordinating and stuff, and pay a lot more money with things. You have to pay a lot of money for like one thing. Like the whole outfit didn't have to have a lot of stuff. We just had to have like one or two things. Had a lot of things. And everything else could just be mad basic. Your whole outfit gotta be like crazy, like your jeans, your shirts. <laughs> yeah, it's the Amiri, it's yeah, the Balmain. Yeah, yeah, I gotta do all this stuff. Yeah, like the, just the plain white shirt and the jeans is like almost a thousand dollars. It's wild. Um, yeah, we, we used to have plain white tee, jeans, and then like this fly shoes, and then we were good. Yeah, but now they have the plain white tee that's like five hundred dollars because it's like eight hundred thread count cotton. It's lit. It's for the. It's not for me, but you know, I if that's what people want to do, that's their business. Because we had the good. Because like I understand, you don't want to get the Hanes tea, the Hanes white tea. Yeah, the Hanes white tea is like it's it's a little thin. It's meant for. It's meant to be an undershirt. It's not meant to be but an outside like shirt. The, even like we used to, even the quality white tees used to still go for five or twenty. Yeah, those 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 days are over. Those days are <laughs> Quality over. Quality used to be five or twenty. I mean, go to the. I app. mean, you could wear it, but like if you're in the crowd that wears the Balenciaga and the Balmain white shirt, you can't wear the five for twenty. It's, it's going to be obvious that you wear in a five for twenty. So I wouldn't recommend it. Just you know, hang with people in your in your financial bracket, or you know, just. Get your money up. I don't know. These are the these are the options. Got it. That are presented. Yes. So to love it or lose it. Love it or lose it is a segment we do here at the beginning of the show to kind of break the ice and just you know get some thoughts going. Get the get the brain um the brain synapses going. So this week's love it or lose it is focused on because I'm a fat kid. Um, restaurants. I feel like we've done some restaurant ones before, but not these specific ones. So these are all sit-down restaurants with varying levels of jazz, I suppose. Um, yeah, they're, to me, they're all on the same level, but I could see people arguing that there may be one or two on here that are a .5 cut above the rest. So sit-down restaurants uh, that we've all, I hope, participated in, enjoyed, taken part in in, in the past. Um and uh, we're going to do a love it or lose it. Okay. So the four restaurant choices are Red Robin. Yum. Uh, Red Lobster. Many, but we, I take it to Red Lobster. Um, Cracker Barrel. They don't have a song that I'm aware of. And um, Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake, Cracker Barrel, Red Lobster. Yes. Red Lobster and Red Robin. 
Yeah, get that Red Lobster out of here. Get that Red Lobster. Red Lobster is a biscuit only venue of occupation for me. I'm only going for the biscuits. I'm going for literally nothing else. Okay. Okay. So Red Lobster can get out of here at all times. Okay. Um, and Red Lobster, I feel like is has been overrated their whole life. Um. Yeah. It's, red Lobster, so I take that that that's your lose it. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not rocking Red Lobster. Um, mm-hmm. The other ones I've had multiple other things that I've liked there, but Red Lobster can get out of here at all times. I don't know why you put that on there. You, you don't do f- seafood. Uh-huh. I felt I, I I felt like maybe I thought you had a better no. a better feeling about Red Lobster I than like, I, I did. You like seafood? I don't know why you put that on there. I thought that you you liked Red Lobster more than. More than more than you did. If I want seafood, no, I'll know what's been upset. You know why I thought that because we bought the red lobster biscuit uh, yes. mix the other day. It's so a- I was like, oh, well, maybe he likes red lobster. No, strictly the biscuits. Okay, well now I know. Now that that, that part's clarified for me, you strictly like the biscuits. There's nothing else about red lobster I like. Okay, gotcha. Um, red lobster is also my lose it. I know. Um, number you one, you don't like seafood. I am allergic to shellfish, <laughs> so that eliminates about seventy-five to eighty percent of their menu. For well, no more like ninety percent of their menu for me i'm allergic to shellfish yeah they're, and their menu can kill you so yes, their menu can kill me and i'm not really into fish as a whole like as a protein source like every now and again i'll eat it but it's not my it's not my go-to in terms of uh meat choice so uh yeah red lobster i don't really like the biscuits either um people swear that they're the bomb diggity and i'm just like Okay, girl. Okay. The few times I've been to Red Lobster and I got a chicken dish, it wasn't bad. It was okay. But that's not what they're known for. So I feel like, you know, I may not have gotten the chef's best when I went. But um, I feel like Red Lobster is like a cultural staple and people really, really love it and go up for it. Even though, even though it's like, I feel like it has probably gone down in quality over the years. I feel like it still has like a loyal following of people. I mean, ain't none of the ones around us closed down. They've been open all this time. So people must be enjoying whatever it is they're serving down to the Red Lobster. So, um, you know, kudos to them. But Red Lobster is my lose it as well. Yeah. Good idea. What's your love it? All right. Um. Cheesecake, cracker, barrel, and Red, Red Robin. Robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, cracker Barrel. Okay. I've, I think Cracker Barrel um, works for me all around. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think I've had a bad thing at Cracker Barrel. Mm-hmm. Every time I went, the only thing that, of course, Cracker Barrel is just it's, it just it just has an aura of we've been racist for a while, and we just we just stop being racist a little a little. While. It just it gives the aura of we just stopped being racist like yesterday. Yeah, it's it's very racist, Jason. <laughs> it gives this aura like we just stopped being racist like yesterday. But hey, <laughs> but it it is every every time I've been there, it's been delicious. Um, from the biscuits to the breakfast to the we had we went dinner, it was still good. Mm-hmm. Um, the lemonades, like it's, it's yeah, that, oh, what it's, was that? That cranberry tea thing they yeah. had around Thanksgiving. Like, every, every time I've been there, and, and and inexpensive, it's yes. inexpensive and delicious. And you can leave full and have a bag to take home and not spend a whole lot of money. Yeah. Um. 
I think I, I like uh, Red Robin, but I um, I'm not a I'm not that big of a burger person. Gotcha. Um, like I when I'm in the mood for it, I'm, I'll have one. Mm-hmm. But like if they if they had other things outside of that, maybe mm-hmm. then I'll be like okay. But like they have burgers, they have chicken. Like they're they're good. I'm not taking away their good. It's just it's just, it's just, it's a burger spot. Yeah, it's it's a fancier burger spot. Mm-hmm. Like it's a fancier smash burger. <laughs> <laughs> not a fancier smash burger. Like, That's but it, but it, it's it, it's it's good. It's just it's just a burger spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cheesecake Factory, I feel like I feel like Cheesecake Factory hasn't figured out what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. I never know what, what what's going on there. Like they, it's they just have, a place where they have food. Yes, that's that's what it is. It's a place where like, they have food. They they will they have no rhyme or reason to their menu. It's There's just like, it's just options. So like, you know, I make that. Let's make it. That's, <laughs> let's, yeah, it's just they have a lot of options. It's, it's not American. It's not Hispanic. It's not Latin. It's not Caribbean. It's it's all of the above. It's, it's everything. everything. It's, it's a it's, it's an international what, menu. It's, it's what. It's not international. It's just whatever we feel like making. That's fine. We're just going to make it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> we're, we're just going to make it. Pretty much. This looks cool. We'll do that. This right. looks cool. So we'll do that. Yep. And like, there's certain parts of it. Cheesecake factory is just weird in terms of it. like I, I and I've and I've had a bad meal with cheesecake once in a while. But like I've had I've had good meals though. Yeah. I've had good brunches. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's. Like it's weird that they they advertise the, themselves in their menu. It's weird. It's yeah. just it's just weird. Yeah, and it's, we've it's talked weird. on the podcast before about <laughs> decor in there, yeah, and it's, it's just, just like what's it's just weird. Why, it's a lot that's happening. Like why why do you advertise yourself in? If we're here. Yeah. Why are you advertising yourself in the menu? It's, it's just it's weird. It's a lot of weirdness that goes on. <laughs> it's it's weird. a lot of weirdness, but you know, <laughs> I like you said I don't think I've ever really had a bad meal there um, I've definitely felt like I'm gonna die from some of the meals that I've eaten there yeah. because the calories are ridiculous the calorie counts are ridiculous so like cheesecake like cheesecake factory is not for somebody who's on Weight Watchers unless they're just getting ready to blow all or, their or, points or for just, the week or just trying to be healthy or just trying to be healthy they have a healthy menu which is which is I, I appreciate it yeah but, but I'm not coming to cheesecake for the healthy menu I'm coming to cheesecake to eat the bad food that's, that's why I'm here I'm here to eat the bad food and get a slice of cheesecake to go. Like, that's why I'm here. Like, I don't know where I'm playing. Um, I think my love it is probably going to be Red Robin. Yeah, I know. And I was considering Cracker Barrel, but I think I'm a burger person. Mm -hmm. And I love the variety of burgers they have. I love the unlimited fries. That makes me very happy. And they and I love the seasoning. Like Red Robin has a seasoning that you can put on the fries. It's like it tastes like a mix between like Old Bay and Adobe, uh, Adobo seasoning. Somebody said Adobe like Photoshop, Adobo seasoning. Um, it's delicious, and I love the fact that they'll just keep bringing them until you like throw up. Um, I like their milkshakes a lot. Um, they're really, really good. Like, and I'm a, I'm a milkshake person too. And they're nice and thick, but they have good flavor. Like, it's not like, oh, this is a bunch of like 
cold ice cream and milk mixed together. Like they really do a good job of like mixing them and making sure the proportions are right. And I feel like it's not that expensive. Like I feel like you can go to Red Robin, get you a nice burger. And I like the different types of burgers they have too. Um, like they have one where you can get pineapple on it, which is ooh, delightful. I forget what it's called. Like it's not, is it, is it Hawaiian? It's, it, there's a name for it. Mm. It's like, something teriyaki like it's good like I like the varieties of burgers they have and it's not just like old bacon you can get it with chicken if you want or a turkey burger I like that option and I just like the fact that you know it's I've always had a very relaxed time while I'm there like I feel like when you go to Applebee's and other places like that it's like it's not the same kind of vibe like Red Robin I've always had good service a good time good food and I never felt like oh I spent OD money over here like it was always like okay this is I feel like this was worth the money and I like the, the games and stuff that they have. I remember one time we had a good time playing, what were we playing? Tic-tac-toe or some, Mm -hmm. some, some game we were playing that was at the table. Like I just associate a lot of good times and good memories with Red Robin. And like I said, I, I'm a burger and milkshake person. So that's, that's my place to go to when I want to have that. So yes, Red Robin is my love it. Uh, Close sec, close second is Cracker Barrel because they never miss. They never miss. It's always, it's always a good time. And I love their little Cracker Barrel store where you can buy. There's these chocolates by this brand called Hammond's and they're chocolate and they have like red velvet mix inside the chocolate. Yeah. When we go to Georgia, we got to hit a, a Cracker Barrel somehow when we go so I can get some of those chocolates and bring them back home because they don't sell them up here in New York. The only place I've ever seen them is in Georgia. So I feel like there are Southern states. Um, yeah, uh, thing. the closest Cracker Barrel is in New Jersey. Yeah, but like that chocolate they sell in that store, I don't know where it's at. But next time we go to Georgia, I need to see what's up at the Cracker Barrel and buy some to bring back to New York. So yeah, um, that was love, love it, it or lose it. it. Hey, love, love it, it or lose it. it. Hey, 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 love, love it, it or lose it. it. Hey, love, love it, it or lose it. Hey, 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 hey,
and uh, Kid Cudi explained that um, the reason he was wearing the dress was to honor um, Kurt Cobain because I believe that weekend that he did SNL was the anniversary, the 25th anniversary of Kurt Cobain's passing. And um, apparently one of the last photos of Kurt Cobain before he um, committed suicide was of him wearing a floral print dress somewhere. And so Kid Cudi wanted to pay homage by wearing the dress. Now, let me be the first to say I hated the dress. I was like, ew, this dress is... I hate everything about it. Like it just, I hate the floor. I, like I love a floral, but I hate the dress just as a general, as a general concept. I hated it. Not it, because it was a man wearing it. I just hated the, the dress. The, the dress in general. The dress in general. I did not like it. I was like, oh, this is trash. Um, I mean, have you seen Pose? The men wear better dresses. Come on. Um, <laughs> but the black Twitter, some corners of it were up in arms because you know, the usual conversation about the effeminization of the black man and how they're trying to take away the black man's power by having this man wear a dress on TV and blah, and that whole thing started. And I just, I couldn't, I was unable. Then I saw people making arguments about, oh, people don't know where this comes from. This is about buck breaking. And if y'all did y'all history and did y'all research, y'all would know. Da, 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 da. So I just, first of all, buck breaking is a thing that happened. Yes. And for those who don't know what buck breaking is, essentially during the times of slavery, um, white slave masters or overseers would forcibly anally penetrate black slaves male slaves in front of the whole plantation basically to kind of quote unquote break them and instill fear in the slaves and let them know like we can do whatever we want to any of you male female child whatever um it was very violent it was very sadistic it was evil it was awful it was all of those things what does Kid Cudi wearing a dress have to do with that the differences are astounding for one we're not in slave times for two there was no sexual innuendo situation conversation anything like that happening when he was on SNL performing and to my knowledge when the buck breaking was happening wasn't nobody wearing a dress that was male so I'm not understanding how people are trying to draw the connections like I, I it's not making sense to me um I also do I'm not a male but I do not understand how what one black male does changes the view of what black men are or what black masculinity is and if it does then black masculinity is a bunch of garbage if one guy who you don't know who also doesn't know you puts on a dress and performs on a on a TV show and that somehow impacts your masculinity as an individual man black masculinity is trash it's fickle and it's garbage because Kid Cudi wearing a dress should not have an impact on how you view yourself as a black man and also um who are you worried about seeming masculine to? That that's what I really want to kind of get to the bottom of. Who are black men concerned with seeming masculine to? Because I remember when we were in California and me and my dad kind of got into like a back and forth because uh Billy Porter, there was a poster of Billy Porter and I was saying something about how I like 
the show Pose and you know Billy Porter becoming on the red carpets you know with the dresses and with the you know the more gender bending um, attire and my father was like people that support that are why people think that you know this this, this, this by this agenda is happening da, 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 da. and I was just like agenda really agenda I'm I'm so I'm so confused. It's like, oh, this is why people don't take black men seriously. And I was just like, so the hundred black men that were on that red carpet wearing a suit is completely negated because one black man came with a dress. Make it make sense. If one black man who doesn't know any of you who are critiquing or commenting or anything changes how people see your masculinity, what does that mean? Why is your masculinity hinged on what another black man is doing? I don't understand. And it's because I'm not a man. So maybe um, the men who listen and the male co-hosts here can kind of give me some insight because it just doesn't make any sense to me. It Because, I mean, first of all, Kid, Kid Cudi wearing a dress is not the most unbelievable thing I've ever heard of. Kid Cudi's always been one of those weird experimental kind of artist anyway so I'm just kind of like okay he he wore a dress on a performance big deal like we've seen men wear dresses on TV shows before like Martin Lawrence when he would be playing Shanae on Martin we've seen or feminine clothes at least we've seen Jamie Foxx on uh what was the show in living color we've seen a number of black comedians black actors you know whatever the case is wearing dresses and they're not less masculine because of it like they were playing a character even though there are some who have argued that them wearing a dress is part of an agenda to effeminize black men blah 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 but my whole thing is how is a how is wearing a dress effeminizing a black man if we're still at the same token saying black men are seen as a threat both things can't be true in my opinion a black man can't be effeminized and seen as weak but also then seen as a threat if the one black man wearing the dress is effeminizing all of them like the logic isn't isn't adding up for me so I I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I'm confused as a as a person who is intaking this information from all these sides I, I I arrive at confusion. It just doesn't make sense to me. So, Mark. All right. So I just wrote down. A, I was trying to write down a few points. Mm-hmm. All right. So first point. Uh, yeah, I, I think number one, it comes from insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are looking at somebody else um, doing what they're doing, and you're you're being affected by them, and they're not hurting, being harmed harmed to anybody, and everything. That is the insecurity of yourself. Mm-hmm. That is insecurity. We have to stop trying to number one, stop trying to blame people for what other people think of you. Right. That that is that is um wrong and insane to do, number one. Number two, the only people who keep trying to fight a stereotype that's not there are black men. Yep. Meaning there's not like, like I don't think there's, there's not like a prominent stereotype 
that black men are feminine. That's, no, that's, the, it's it, not. The, 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 the problem is... <laughs> that's is, the part I don't understand. Like, that yeah. is not an overarching stereotype of black men is that that's they're feminine. So it's just like, I don't understand the fervor and the anger yeah, when but, a black man does something that people think is effeminate. Like, because that's not an overarching thing to me. The reality is we are actually more categorized as hyper-masculine in everything. Exactly. We're, we're always... Thought of as thought of as being hyper masculine, I think the problem is is black men are keep trying to hold on to that, which is a problem. Mm-hmm. They keep trying to hold on to being hyper masculine in everything, right? And and holding that up like a banner, like it's a it's a good thing to have. Mm-hmm. So they want to be the person who it can hype be um everything stereotypically men very strong at all those things mm-hmm. they want to be the person who's always serious all the time mm-hmm. the person who doesn't cry the person who, doesn't, who holds their emotions in mm-hmm. the person who's overly sexual like all the things mm-hmm. they want they they a lot of men feel like that is what a ideal man is mm-hmm. is those hyper masculine traits mm-hmm. and the reality is it's wrong so i i think it's it's less of what this person trying to find a black man but they're destroying their view of what a, a the prime black man is. Mm-hmm. And the prime black man is to them is this hyper masculine thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's number one. Uh, number two, corporation versus individual. You um a lot of times we keep we keep I don't understand why we keep uh coming down on individuals expressing themselves and trying to make an ache broadbound like underground uh something that's going on like with, with like a um what I can't think of the word but like just there's, there's, there's something going on that's trying to change the black man and, and they are a part of it Kid Cudi is not part of the movement trying to defend the black man no uh, the alleged movement because I don't know if I believe yeah, there is a movement there, I don't think there is <laughs> Billy Porter is not a part of that either right like I understand where it come where like the mindset because like I remember Dave Chappelle was saying how like they kept trying to make him wear a dress and he was like no nah, I'm not doing that and like how like there's this mindset that like um all comedians they had to wear a dress to like be, become funny and like mm-hmm. how white people try to they want to um dress uh it's the funny thing is. White people uh, think it's well, think it's funny to dress black people in dresses because of our masculinity. That's that's actually part of the whole thing. Yes, <laughs> because, like so, it's it's actually part of the whole thing. Um, but um, but like I I I guess that's where that comes from. But that has nothing to do with somebody who wants to wear a dress. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. y- y'all keep trying to connect things that don't connect. Right, right. And the only reason that you're trying to make that connection because in your mind, no guy would do that. Right. <laughs> and it's not real. It's not like, you're like, oh, it must be the cor- the um the media or Hollywood trying to do that. No, they want to do that. Right. And I, I think that is kind of where the um, disconnect is a lot of times. And that that, that is what um the big problem is. Right. Uh, next next point. We have to stop approaching things oblivious to a whole fight that's going on out there. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people who are oblivious to the whole movement of all the things, meaning, number one, someone dressing up in a dress 
does not make them homosexual. Right. They just they just want to put on a dress for something. Someone putting on a dress does not make them transsexual. That's not what that means. Not that either. It does not mean that. It just means they want to put on a dress. The most famous uh, comedian, what's his name? Eddie Izzard. Mm -hmm. He used to just dress and dress all the time. And he had a whole wife. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And everything. He never said I was a woman. He was like, I just do drag. Right. Drag has nothing to do with the others at all. It's just... A, a clothing choice. Listen, I had a I had a professor in college who like did drag on the on the weekends and like when he he had a whole wife, some kids, but he for yeah. some reason was into wearing women's clothes and the makeup and the whole shebang and that's what he was doing. Yeah, that's that's number one. Number two, even if that was the choice, you, we can't. You have to stop making statements as if people are not like fighting for something right <laughs> and like we, we keep making statements that they feel like we're not fighting for just the, the right to exist a lot of times right and everything and we keep doing that like even if you can just think outside of yourself for a second and you stop being so caught up in like what I believe what are they fighting for right if this this, this is what's crazy um we just watched the Falcon Winter Soldier mm-hmm and um, the last now known as Captain America in the Winter Soldier Captain America in the Winter Soldier yeah <laughs> so um, a crazy statement that he made was like if you see thousands of people fighting for something instead of being like huh, doing all this stuff let's have to question why is that a thing right what if like if, if thousands of people fight there must be a reason why right let's address it if it right. keeps happening over right. and over right it, when Black Lives Matter are protesting over and over instead of people saying like uh, we gotta just outlaw all this marching and everything why are they doing it if people right. feel like so passionate about it that people keep coming a part of it mm-hmm. doing it there's a reason why right that means we have to address the problem right if people are consistently been dressing this over and over about hey let me be who I am let me mm-hmm. be like and it's a problem and it's constantly been a problem people keep expressing and saying it's a problem Get out of yourself. Understand? There must be something that needs to be addressed. Right. <laughs> Stop right. taking it. Like you're saying, there's something like you're taking it personal. Like they're doing something to you, and it's like it's something that needs to be addressed. Exactly. And to kind of go back to what I said uh, a few minutes ago, the professor I had in college was a white man who was doing this, who was cross dressing like on the weekends. And it's interesting to me how white men never ever have a conversation, to my knowledge, well, about. I'm, sure, I'm sure they do. I'm pretty sure they do. But a guy dress is effeminate, but the, 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 not, the not, different not, not effeminizing the whole white. Not race. Effem- that's what I'm saying. Yes. Not effeminizing the whole white. Like yes, the, one white guy cross dressing does not have the whole white community up in arms. Yes. Like girl, they making no. Like they're just not, like that not, dude cross dresses. Yeah, and not, that's not his the whole business. Race, but they, yeah, but they, they, they do. <laughs> they, they, of course, there are people who have a problem with it, but like nobody's looking. I don't think anybody's like they're they're effeminizing the whole white male. Like yeah, no, they, they, they're, they're just like that dude like cross dress. That's that dude. That don't have nothing to do with me. They think, they think, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the way that other communities will take it and be like, that yeah, one person they, is they, impacting they, all of us somehow. The whole, the whole race. Yes. Yeah. I'm kind of on that stuff. Um, that person wearing a dress doesn't turn somebody else homosexual. That's not how it's, it works. That is not how it works. As has never worked that way. Never ever. Never ever. Never ever. Yeah. Like pe- people like. I understand that, you know, for various religious beliefs, personal, whatever you want to call it, you may feel like you don't quote unquote agree with someone being gay or whatever the case is, but it literally has nothing to do with Kid Cudi wearing a dress on SNL. Because people like always, well, what about the kids? Why is your kid watching SNL? It comes on at 11 o'clock at night. Shouldn't they be asleep? Number one. 
Number two, a man that doesn't want to wear a dress is not going to wear a dress. A man that is interested in trying to wear a dress will try to wear one from an interest that was already there. But a man who has never had an interest in a dress, never wants to wear a dress, is just going to look at Kitty and be like, I would never. It's not going to in- influence them to try anything. Like, I-, I think people give too much credence to the media and its influence. Yeah, they, they really do. Because like, because like they they're so quick to assume that because you don't see it around you that people don't be if if people don't see it around you they don't they won't know to be homosexual and that that's not how it works, um, like, and and that's the reason why they all like uh the conservative middle America will always be like oh New York and California and Atlanta are whole have homosexuals. They don't. They're not all from there. Exactly. They're from Middle America. Yes. <laughs> and they come there because they accept them. Yes. They're not yes. from there. Right. They're, they're, they're not born. They're like, oh, in Atlanta, I must be homosexual now. <laughs> like, no. A lot of those people are transplants from other parts all of the, the country parts of the world because they're not because that, that, we go there because it, it's acceptable. It's, yeah. It's more acceptable than ever in Ryan right. to be there. Right. Meaning. You in a place where the Bible Belt, where everything is going on, where you you keep saying that's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. They still come out homosexual, meaning it has nothing to do with that. Yeah, like I have a good friend who's from the Bible Belt, went to Christian schools all his life, and is still gay, and is currently married to a man. And his parents always knew. When he finally t- told them, "Hey, I'm gay," he they, his parents were kind of like. I mean, yeah, we kind of knew. Like, we didn't want to... Like, because they're Bible Belt, you know, evangelical people, I guess they kind of were, like, holding on to a shred of hope that maybe what they knew wasn't what they knew. But they know their child. Yeah. They raised him. They know he's he's different from my other child. Prevent, so it's like... Pre- preventing your children from exp- being and, around homosexuals, being around anybody from that, from that whole community... It's only creating bigotry. <laughs> it's That's only it. creating people are bigots because they, they're they're going to be afraid of what they don't understand. Exactly. That's the only thing it's creating. Exactly. I'm I am I will be more frustrated, more annoyed, and I will be a lot more angry of my child being terrorizing, mm-hmm. <laughs> being um, discriminatory mm-hmm. or something to someone who was LGBT than them actually being it. I'm, right. I'm a million times more worse. Right. I'm, I'm so scared of that. Right. Because that, that means worse. we raised a crappy person. Yeah. I'm scared of who somebody. Is intolerant who is and, intolerant and just. Intolerant. Who is like, like, I, I, hateful. Who is just a terrible human being. That is. That, that's far fear. more pro- pro- problematic to me than yeah, my child the, being like, yeah, oh, that, you know that, what? That is, I think I'm, I'm whatever. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's not problematic at all, but I'm just saying I'm. No, the, yeah. my, pro- my problems is strictly with someone being discriminatory, right? A bigot, like I, I am right. I, I wish that more than anything else that my child right. is not that, right? That and my pe- child is not like I, I I'll be very disappointed if, they, if I found out anything about that, right? Right. And I think the thing that people like black people and black men in particular need to get clear about is the LGBT community has not it's not new. No. People are acting like, oh, it's just it just happened with the dawn of, of, of like pop culture and television. No, like there have been black queer men for years, 
for years, for centuries, for de- like this is not new. It's not news. It's not any of that. And so to say that after all of these centuries, black masculinity is threatened by something that just came about 20, 30 years ago in their mind is insane. It's insane. Like people talk about, oh, well, you know, the TV and the movies. What what about James Baldwin? What about, you know, black men that were gay in the 1900s, 1910s? What TV was they watching? What books did they see? What they were still black and male. The only difference is that you see them more. Yes. That's different. It's yes. You see, you them, see more. them more. And because, I think that. Because you were in your bubble that nobody, that most right. people were not. Right. A lot of people were in the first place. Right. No, like, once again, no one's watching something on TV and be like, you know what? I do like men. Right. Like, I no. do. No. It's, like not, that's, it's not how it works. It's not what's happening at all. It's not what's happening at it's all. Not if you didn't like men before, you're not going to like men now. Yeah. Like. <laughs> seeing Kid Cudi on the TV is not going to suddenly turn a whole generation of black men into men who like men. That's if they not, didn't like men before, they don't like men now. Like nothing has changed. That's, that's not how that works. It's not. It's not how it works. And so I think when 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 we see things like you know black men doing things that other black men don't think are masculine or whatever the case is, we have to stop like attaching ourselves. To what that person is doing and attaching our own identities to what that person is doing. Scott Muscuddy, aka Kid Cuddy, is one person. That is what that one person chooses to do. That is his business. I don't think he's ever come out and said he's LGBT. As far as I know, he just said he put on the dress because and you know, artists are always, you know, a little a little off. Um and eclectic and they just kind of do I'm, and I'm I'm pretty sure their young, own thing. I'm pretty sure Young Thug will shoot you in the face and I'm pretty no, sure he wears justice right. I'm pretty sure he'll like, shoot you in the face. The gender fluidity <laughs> is is I mean I know it's a hard concept to wrap your brain around especially you know when we've come up in a time where it's been very like you know there's male and female and that's it. There is no in between. But I think there are people out there who are living their lives in a way to where we have to challenge that thought process and be like, well, is there just that? Is there, is there something else? Are there other or just, things? Or, or, or like, honestly, the, the, the big thing is, and I think people keep trying to like, well, I, I we might have this conversation one time or mm. you might, might never know, but when it comes down to that, just if someone says, I want to be called this, then just call them that. I, I, I think that's, that's the basic rule. Right. I, I I think stop trying to figure out, <laughs> you know, making it too hard. You make it too hard. If someone says I'm not that, I'm this. Okay, then this. Great. Right. And then move on. I feel like that's the end, that, that is the end of it. Basically, basically. Yeah. I don't think it's it's not it's that complicated. No, not at all. It's, it's not that complicated. Yeah. I I think we definitely overcomplicate <laughs> things, and I think we over involve ourselves in things that aren't really our business. And like I think whatever that's my you, whatever you want to be, I will call you that. That right. is the end. And that and that's just, that's just my whole my whole thing with this whole conversation. It's just like if you are if you are a black man and you feel like you exhibit exhibit whatever masculine means to you, then do that, live that, be that. What that other black man is doing is not your business. It's not it might, your concern. It might be masculine to him. It might be masculine to him. Masculine, black, and that's that, thank you. That's the that's the point I was trying to get to. 
the idea of black masculinity, just like black people are not a monolith, black masculinity is not a monolith. Each black man gets to decide for himself what masculinity looks like for him. And it should only be applicable to him because he's the one deciding what Mark thinks is masculine. Somebody else might not think is masculine. What, 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 you know, Steve Harvey or, you know, who's another older black man, uh, Harry Belafonte, their definition of masculinity may be completely different yeah. from, 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 you know, somebody that's part of a younger generation. So I just think that masculinity for a black man has to be something decided by an individual black man. And the other thing I find interesting about, you know, masculinity when it comes to black men is black men will talk about, Oh, are these dudes wearing dresses? These dudes wearing makeup, these dudes doing this. But it's like, if we're talking about biblical terms, a lot of times masculinity is surrounded around providing for and taking care of your family. That's what a lot of the quote unquote masculine men in the Bible were doing. They were taking care of their families, taking care of their children, taking care of their wives. And if we're going to be throwing out the masculinity conversation, especially when we're coming from a religious standpoint, there's a lot of black men that's not holding up that part. There are a lot of black men out there who are making babies and not taking care of them. There are a lot of black men out there who are in relationships with women and they're not taking care of their responsibilities in those relationships. They're just sitting back. So it's just like black man's masculinity cannot be reduced to what kinds of clothes you wear or how you talk or how you walk. You also have to be doing something that is positively impacting your community. So if you're a black guy who's sitting watching SNL being like, nah, he not a real man, but you're like three years behind on child support. You never see your kids. You abuse women. Like we don't have anything to talk about. I'm sorry, because you're not, you're not a, a, a walking definition. You're not an example of, of black masculinity if you're not taking care of whatever responsibilities it is you have so you don't have anything to say about what another black man is doing well you're not even being the best black man that you could be and I think that's the other problem for me is like a lot of people that are commenting aren't even being the best version of themselves as a black man that they can be but they draw the line at wearing a dress I'm like but what, it, what? how are you impacting your community? How are you making a difference in your family? How are you taking care of them? Why is that? Why is that not what black men are, are more focused on as opposed to outward things the, 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 well, when it comes to defining what masculinity is? Yeah, um, I'll I'll say that and I'll go with something else. Um, yes, what 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 you're saying is true. Live up to it, like whatever your version of masculinity is. At least live up to that. Live right. Up, live up to your own standards of what masculinity is. Right. Like live up your own standards. Stop worrying about what other people's standards are. Right. Live up to your own standards of what masculinity is and do that. Agreed. All right. That's that's number one. Um, number two. Um, what Kristen is saying is correct about everybody having their own because, like, I I even remember like. I would grow up and I would hear like conversations many times with guys when they would say certain things about other women and stuff like that. And I've always felt uncomfortable in those conversations Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like how they spoke about other women. I've I've always felt uncomfortable in those situations. I've just always been that one. Mm -hmm. I've always felt uncomfortable in those situations. I'm not better than anybody else. I don't want want to put that out there. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm not not better at all. Um, But I've always felt uncomfortable. But I also... Like subconsciously, when I was younger, I felt like maybe I'm—I I didn't feel that masculine 
about what because like in my mind the, all all the guys are doing this. Mm-hmm. So I was like, like if all the guys are talking like this, and like I, I, I just, I like my, I just never wanted to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like later on, I realized I was like, all right, I'm, I've, I've, re- I've developed my own form of what masculinity is, and like if you don't have this, then you trash. But, <laughs> but like as a child, it's, it's the conflict of like doing that. Meaning, like I can see how someone. And and this and this and this plays into the whole thing. This is why you have to be mindful of what you say to your child when certain things happen. Mm-hmm. So if your child says, "I want to wear a dress," how you respond to that can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Right? You can. It can now, if you respond to this very negatively and very aggressively, it can it can do a couple of things. Number one. It can just uh, make the child be like, okay, so now I see how you respond to me. So now I, if I see anybody else who goes to that, I should respond the same way. Mm-hmm. Right? That's mm-hmm. number one. Number two, my father talked to me this way because of this, and this is something that I feel like I want to do. Let me not talk to my parents that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me just, this is myself from my parents because mm-hmm. they're not... Um, Appreciating me for what I want to do. Mm-hmm. That's number two. Number three, it can kind of actually write your own story because, because like, you're telling him, you're telling your son that if you do that, you're gay. And right. And he's like, oh, so maybe I am gay. Right. Right. <laughs> kind of write your own. Right. Write your own thing. Like, oh, maybe maybe I am because I want right. to do this. So obviously I am. Right. right. And like, so like, it's it's so many. Things of like why you should you have to be no matter what your child does how you respond matters right right and everything because it, it it could affect a lot of things it could affect the people around you and everything mm-hmm. like you like it's like um the same thing if I if, if I want to um bring race into it it's like it's the same thing as if someone um anytime someone from a certain race comes up you're just very animal you talking negative about that race and everything like that and then your child grows up. And they start saying racist things. You're like, where did you learn that from? <laughs> why, why? Why would they do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, because of you. Because of you. That's mm-hmm. that's why you're doing that. Because because of your views on and how they interpreted your views on certain things. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't be surprised when they act a certain way. Exactly. Exactly. Anything else? Um. Yeah. Just you know, my my underarching, my overarching thing is just just. Black men are beautiful. Black men are amazing. Black men are powerful. Black men have the capacity to change not only their own lives, but the lives of others around them in the whole world. And I celebrate and love black men forever and ever. But mind your business. Mind the business that pays you. Um, worry about yourself, as the sis in the in the uh, in the video said many many years ago. Worry about yourself and just do what you have to do to make the best life you can for yourself and for those in your corner of the woods. Stop attaching your own identity, your own sense of worth, your own definition of who you are to what another man who shares the same skin as you looks like. Just, just stop. Just, just stop. You're wait for, for one thing, you're wasting time and you're focusing on somebody who don't care about you, who don't know you. All of y'all up here writing these think pieces about Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi is at his house counting his dollars. He's not worried about any of you. 
worry about yourself just just do that worry about yourself worry about yourself and it, it it'll change the world the faster we can worry about ourselves and worry about the things that matter like at this point with all the police brutality that has taken place in this country over the last i don't know two three years uh, in in recent memory kid cuddy wearing a dress isn't what we should be focused on or it isn't what black men should be focused on in my opinion black men if you want to be focused on something to you know enhance the masculinity or whatever it is y'all want to call it be focused on how to enact change to prevent or 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 uh reduce the the numbers of 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 shootings we see let let's let's be working on something positive to change our communities as opposed to spending time pontificating about kid cuddy and address just find something to do there are other ways to spend your time that isn't that aren't that that, that that's my only thing like it, you can't be strong beautiful gifted all the things that black men are and your masculinity be reduced to a ninja you don't know doing something like it doesn't the, the math not mathing or person you do know or a person they, it don't matter. That's that. That's that person's business. Or, or person you do know. Or person you do know. Because if you have a sibling or a close cousin who who is part of the community, what that got to do with you? But what nothing. It doesn't have anything to do with you. Even if you do know them, right? Stop. Stop attaching yourself to things that have nothing to do with you. Mind the business that pays you. That is their personal choice. That is their personal choice, and that is their business. Mind the business that pays you. You'll be blessed. I promise. Um, yeah, that is it on this topic. Main topic. Let us move on to our artist spotlight. Artist spotlight. So this week's artist spot, like as you know, it is National Poetry Month. Um, how many more weeks of National Poetry Month do we have left? I think Maybe next like one more. No, one I more. think next. This is the last one because oh. next week's episode is going to come out on. It'll be May because May ends oh, next, this week. So oh, next, next week's oh. episode will be uh, will be out on the fourth of may yeah so this is our last um national poetry month uh oh. situation oh so i, I gotta uh, what long story <laughs> i gotta um okay what okay. you had asked somebody <laughs> no i gotta finish this poem I'm supposed to be doing oh you thought you had more time uh, yes i did I have, oh no it'll be for next week yeah, I, I, thought yeah. I, I thought I had more time. I no, do you not. do not have more time. This so week, this, I, I it's mean, April twenty fifth. April April ends on Friday, and then Saturday officially starts. Yes, May. I. You do not have more time. I need more time. <laughs> you so, had a mild panic on your face. I was like, what, what, "What's going on here?" I was like, I, "I definitely need more time." Oh, okay. When's it Dubai? Or when? When did you? When were you planning to to have it? Um, Is it for April? No, it's for. So be memorized, written, and memorized by next week. Oh, like tomorrow ish and on is what you're saying. By Sunday. By, by this. Oh, so you've got a whole week to work on it. You can do it. I believe in you. You are a star. Is it written? Most of it. Okay, great. I thought I thought you were going to say no because then I'm like, well, you're you're effed, unfortunately. Yeah, if, if I had nothing, then yeah. I'd be like, well, I don't know. You're I, just going to have to tell this person you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so this is our final uh, National Poetry Month entry, and uh, this is from our good friend Stephen T. Lacardi, aka Sven Bo. Um, we have been homies with Steve for I don't know a long time. 
Yeah. Like before we got married. Uh, so running on what seven or eight years yeah at this point we've been cool with steven steven did a poem at our wedding which is framed uh it's it's behind us somewhere um and yeah he's oh he's a bomb he's a bomb poet um i like i like i like what he does so this poem is called the badge um and i think it's very apropos for some of the topics that we're gonna cover once the poem comes off so listen to it uh steven c licardi aka the sven boo uh with his poem the badge the badge and this was written what seven eight years ago long time ago maybe yeah all right here we go i know a man he wears a badge he said We all have numbers. Mine is stamped to a shield that I pin to my chest every morning as I watch my wife sleep. I know the only reason she can is because I came home the night before. My reward? Cold dinner on the stovetop. He said, you know, this badge is a target. When I graduated from the academy, they didn't hand me a cape. They didn't tell me the perks of being a hero were things like sleeplessness, divorce, fatigue, paperwork, PTSD, having to dodge bullets just to secure good retirement benefits. They handed me a number. Do you know what it's like to walk around with a target over your heart? Well, he thought, what if that target was your skin? And you couldn't take it off at the end of the day. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying maybe it feels like it. Every time you hear about another unarmed man killed by police brutality. As for me, I turn to my partner and say, maybe we need to do something differently. But in the locker rooms, I'm hearing jokes about stop and frisk. And at the morning brief, there are rumors about targeting minorities. Now, these cops, they're good people who had justice in their childhood dreams, who only want to come home so their husbands and wives could sleep peacefully. But where is peace? He said, every morning when I walk up those steps and I see blind justice staring down at me, I'm beginning to think maybe she's just colorblind. He said, something happens when a gun is strapped to our hips when we're told to uphold the laws, but to make sure our quotas are met. A paradox persists. How can you uphold the laws without existing outside of them? He said, two of my brothers in blue were assassinated in the streets. Well, tonight, we'll book men who have seen their brothers assassinated in the streets. Why can't we see? We all want the same thing. We all have numbers, he said, but none of us want to be reduced to one. Because when we're lumped into a statistic, our collective humanity equals none. A hundred and twenty-one police officers died in the line of duty last year. While over a thousand men and women were killed by law enforcement. Now, I'm not saying it's simple. I'm not saying it's easy. In fact, I'm saying it's hard to reconcile what my higher-ups are telling me avoid racial profiling, but they can't define suspicious activity. Meanwhile, the people in the community are suspicious of me. How can I protect the people if I can't protect them from me? He said, I've been questioning. There are people in this city who equate murderers with police. While the police are turning their backs on the mayor, this is not how things are supposed to be. He said, every morning when I come home, And I take that badge off my chest, the one that I wear honorably. 
I know I'm one of the lucky ones. Because we all just want to come home. We all want to know that our loved ones are safe. But for those who don't, he said, they're not just numbers. Every single one of us has to carry their names. Hey, 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 yes. hey. Yes, Stephen. Yes, yes. Oh, it's a shame that there's so much about that poem that is still apropos today. Because that was from from a while back. <laughs> April 45th. Uh, but yeah. Shouts out to the Svenbo. Uh, he's on the Instagrams and stuff like that. We'll link all the informations once the uh, episode is officially posted or whatever. So uh, I guess let's get right to it. So uh, Micaiah Bryant. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, so if you haven't heard, if you have been under a rock uh, in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, I believe, um, a young woman, a 15 year old by the name of Micaiah Bryant was killed by a police officer shot four times in the chest. Uh, I think I read after um, she was in an altercation with um, some folks. Uh, she was in a foster home where this happened and uh, the details were very fuzzy at first. Um, they've released some uh, police video. Uh, what do you call it? The body camera footage. And from the body camera footage, if body camera footage, it looks as though she had a knife in her hand and she was lunging at one of her attackers. So as more details about the story come out, it appears that um, this young lady, along with her little sister, were in foster care and... I'm not sure what the reason is. I, I haven't gotten that information from the articles I've read, but the young lady and her little sister were in foster care and she was being bullied by uh, other people in the foster home as well as the foster mother's associates. And so the individuals that she was engaging with before she died were people that the foster mother had called over there to fight her. So the foster mother called people over there to fight the girl. Then the foster mother, along with a bunch of other adults stood out there and watched the whole thing ensue. Someone called the police and within six seconds of arriving, the police see Makaya with a gun, with a, with a, with a knife, I'm sorry, and shoot her. There is no attempt to, get an understanding of what's going on, make an assessment of the situation. They see knife, they shoot. And to see the amount of black people justifying the girl getting shot. Well, she had a knife. Okay. Was she lunging at the police officer? She didn't even know he was there. And people are like, Oh, well he announced himself. Okay. I don't know if you've ever been in a fight or you've ever been in an altercation, but in the heat of the moment, you cannot hear anything. Many times you are so focused on what's happening in your immediate area, hearing somebody, you might hear it faintly, but you're not registering it because you are responding to what you perceive as a threat. So, but you know, everybody's been in these situations before, so they know exactly what happens. Um, people were like, yes, yeah, she had a knife. She deserved it. She shouldn't have been out there fighting. She shouldn't have been in the streets, blah, 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 blah. Just making a whole bunch of excuses for why the cop was right. And a lot of them were black and a lot of them were male. And I was disappointed to see it and female too, 
because we talk this whole protect black girls, protect black girls, protect black girls. But when a black girl gets shot by a police officer for having to defend herself against 30 year old women, because those weren't other teenagers out there trying to fight that girl. Those were adult women. Those were women my age who had no business at any point engaging in any kind of physical altercation with a 15 year old girl. But when we saw her get shot, there was no protect black girls, justice for black girls. So many black people were ready to jump down that girl's throat and say she deserved to get shot. It was disgusting. Disgusting. Y'all don't care nothing about black girls or black women. Y'all are disgusting. I've been in high school, you know, as we all have been. And there have been fights where weapons have been pulled. And teachers have been able to break those fights up. Social workers have been able to break those fights up without anyone getting shot. So I refuse to believe that the only alternative was that girl getting shot. Because other uh, you, the argument is, oh, well, she could have stabbed the other girl. Okay, she could have. Would the other girl have potentially died? Maybe, maybe not. But that still doesn't justify her getting shot for having a knife in her hand. It just doesn't. And I don't care what any of y'all say. Y'all can argue me down if y'all want. I don't care. I don't think there's a justification. And then um, I saw a post and I wanted to read it because this is from someone who uh, lives in that area and is familiar with the situation of what was going on. So basically there was some issues in the foster home. The little girl called her father. The father was over there. I don't know why none of the adults didn't try to interject and stop this nonsense. I don't know why they stood there and let it happen. They are at fault too, in my opinion, because that's a, that's a kid. And if one of them 30 year old women had got their hands on that girl, they would have beat her senseless because they're bigger and stronger than her. So I don't understand why nobody interjected and just stood there and watched that whole thing. So the adults that were standing around watching that fight are trash as well. But this is from someone who is in the area. Um, so she says, FYI, I went to the memorial yesterday and spoke with Micaiah Bryant's family and friends. Those girls, one was a 28 year old adult, had come to Micaiah's foster home three days in a row trying to fight her. Can you imagine being 15 and a 28 year old, like a grown adult woman coming to your house three days in a row to fight you? Can you imagine being in foster care? It's just you and your little sister. Your mom is not there. Your dad is not there. You don't have any other family members. It is you and your little sister and big women are coming to fight you. Can you imagine how scared she was? The fact that she got a knife lets me know that she was terrified. Okay. Not the little gangster that y'all try to make her out to be. The foster mom is the one who had the girls come to fight Micaiah, claiming she was unruly. Everyone in the entire house was against Micaiah. And when her father came, she finally felt safe enough to come out and fight. Imagine a 15 year old thinking progress, thinking process of having to fight a 28 year old and others and her own foster mother calling to have her beat up. Micaiah's little sister is the one who made the 911 call. Three days straight, all by herself. I'm sure Micaiah was extremely scared, but she felt she had to be brave and protect herself by any means necessary. This information hasn't come out in the media just yet, but if the investigation is done properly and there's transparency, you will hear all about it. Had the cop tased her or simply attempted to stop her from stabbing the girl, he could have found that out. And that's why he, along with the foster mother and all adults involved are at fault. And that's all I have to say about that. That is heartbreaking. 
I we've all been 15 once. You're to think that a grown woman, a bunch of grown women are trying to beat you and your foster mother is the one who called you, who called them to beat you. And all it is in your world right now is you and your little sister. I have no doubt in my mind that that little girl did what she thought she had to do and did what she thought was best. And the fact that she died over all the adults in her life failing her is sad. And so anybody who tried to justify her getting shot, I'm forever going to look at you funny. I don't care what you try to tell me. I'm forever going to look at you funny because that whole situation was messed up. Every adult in that girl's life failed her. Every single one. Because I'm I'm trying to understand why if her father was there, why her father didn't come and be like, all right, that's enough of that. Y'all ain't jumping my daughter. Like what, what was happening? I need more understanding about why her father was there. And this still got to the point where she ended up getting shot by the police. But I just want to say rest in peace to her. Um, I hope her little sister has been removed from that foster home because I, I cannot imagine her still living there knowing that her sister is dead because of the person who's supposed to be her foster mom and those friends. I don't know what the situation is with the with their biological family, but I hope that that little girl is no longer in that foster home because I cannot imagine the trauma of not only seeing your sister get shot by police, but knowing that the people you live with who are supposed to be protecting you and taking care of you are the cause of that happening. This, this situation is all around disgusting and sad. And for as much as we like to talk about police brutality, police brutality, some of y'all look like some whole slaves defending that police officer killing that little black girl. And if y'all mad about me saying it, then be mad. But that that is disgusting to me. The fact how many of y'all were really to jump up and cape for an officer who shot that little girl but we'll turn around and Black Lives Matter me to death and, and uh, defund the police me to death. No, no. I see you and you look funny in the light. I don't like it. Sorry if I went on a little rant. The whole situation is just very upsetting to me. Uh, yeah, I was just letting you go. I was very upset the whole time. Um, what you're saying is true. I'm not going to like overstate what you said. All the adults in there were wrong. Garbage. The... the uh, the people who were standing there letting it happen. Garbage. The person who, the cop who, who shot her. The person who didn't go up to the cop when he first got out of the car. Tell, let and explain go. what happened. Like, yeah, what? Like the, like all, all the people, Failure all around. All the people in the situation. Dead wrong. Fa- failed her. Dead wrong. And everything. Dead wrong. And she died because of everybody's Right, failure. like, I can just, I, I get sad the, thinking about the terror that little girl must have felt. Yeah. So like it's all 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 that was wrong. Um, I, everybody kept trying to justify, tell, kept trying to tell me about police policy. I kept seeing posts about like policy says this, policy says that. That is the problem. Yes. No. No. I, I'm I'm not arguing what they train them to do. Right. I'm telling you that is wrong. Right. Yes. The training is the problem. I'm not telling you what they're not trained to do. I'm right. telling you that is wrong. Yeah, the training is the problem. I'm telling you that it has to be different. It has to be a different solution. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you that based on the policy that everybody, all the police officers in the court is going to say that she, he was he wasn't in the wrong. I'm telling you that is that, that that's the problem. Yep. I'm pretty sure that the court's going to say all these situations and everything that you've been saying. The court's going to say that. Right. I'm still saying that is that is the problem. Yep. And I think people are just not connecting those two dots. Right. It's like, it's like just because it was you can't legal defund in the, the police but the defend law, the police at the same time. Like pick yeah. one. You can pick you, one. Just because it's legal in the eyes of the law doesn't mean that it's correct. 
there's a lot of things that's legal in the eyes of the law that are jacked up. Yeah, the, many things. We can all agree on that. Because like I, I think that is what the problem is. It, like we we keep trying like, and that's what the argument is every time there's a black shooting. They're kind of trying to figure, oh, is legal in the eyes of the law? No, is it right or wrong? Right. You keep coming out with what's legal in the eyes of the law. That's not what I'm fighting for. Right. <laughs> legal in the eyes of the law, one thing, but also there's a problem with the policy of how they approach it. Right. Right. Agreed. Like the reason why the black like police officers kept getting off because they kept saying they were fear for their life. Right. And how are you in fear of your life as a police officer standing six feet away from the girl and she ain't nowhere near you? What are you in fear of? And, and she wasn't trying to stab you. Because yes. if she was trying to stab the officer, I'd be like, okay, I could kind of see what the argument could be. But, I would still think it was messed up, but I could kind of see you might have felt threatened. But she wouldn't even try to stab you. Yeah, but like for that and for every other thing. Like and then to say shooting her would have prevented the death, shooting her prevented the death of the person she was attempting to stab. How do you know? What if one of those bullets had accidentally hit that person or one of the other people that was standing around? So there, more people could have died. So what is... You keep, y- y'all keep telling it's not me making sense. about... What the policy is, I'm just saying there has to be a better way. This cannot happen. Yeah. Th- and that is the best. This cannot happen. It doesn't matter. This cannot happen. Yep. That's it. Yep. I don't really want to talk about this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. But, yeah, there've but, been but a, there've, this just can't happen. It just can't. There's there have been two other uh police related shootings involving um a young a young guy in a uh in a high school, a seventeen year old. I guess he beat up the girlfriend and the mom called the cops and they went to the school and shot him. Uh, they were claiming he had a gun. I think that has been proven to be not the case. Yeah, they, they said he had a gun and he did not. And he did not. And then there was a, a young a young guy in Virginia. The police had given him a ride home and then they came back. He called 911. They came back and they shot him. Not really clear what that's about, but I what like what what, what are we talking about here? What are we talking about? Like we, we got to get off the what's legal like no some things are wrong and some things are wrong and that's just the bottom line and if we can't if we can't even admit that as people then we are just too far gone period um Derek Chauvin is going to the jail he was found guilty on all three counts um we'll see how how that uh what what the sentence is going to be because you know folks like to play um they trying to you know come up with an appeal strategy and what they're trying to say is the words of president Biden and Maxine waters, uh, unduly influenced the jury and they were bullied into voting guilty. I'm like, or we saw video and testimony, which basically confirmed what we saw on the video that George Floyd did not die from drug overdose or whatever storyline they were trying to sell he died from the police officer kneeling on his neck for almost nine minutes. I don't think there's anything that the president, Maxine Waters, anyone could have said that would make that not be the case. So I, I, I don't understand the reaching. I'd be very interested to see if they try to come with an appeal. Uh, Derek Chauvin looked mad shocked when they said he was guilty. He was looking around like, huh? Huh? Like me? 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 Guilty? Who said Um, that? But yeah, the people, sir, the people said that. Yeah. Um, So like, and and this and this is where like I was saying like it gets it gets real bittersweet with that whole thing, and like this is and this is what people are saying like er, like everybody's happy when they find sort of three three um three counts and all counts guilty and everything, 
But do you see what we had to do to get guilty? Right. Like, <laughs> there had to, to be there, video. There had to be, there had to be marches for three months. Yes. <laughs> there had to be video. There had to be medical examiners coming in to debunk the theories that the defense was... Like, it took so it had, much. You needed to have, like, a, an excellent lawyer. Like, there was so many factors. Mm-hmm. So many factors. It was, it was so many things that had to that had to play out the way that I had to for it to work out. Yeah. And then there's still people saying, oh, I don't agree with the sentence. I'm like, huh? Or agree with the verdict. I was like... It was way too many many factors had to be played out for that to work. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it's funny we're talking about this. Today is the anniversary of the verdict coming back for Sean Bell. And they were found not guilty. I'm like, they they shot that man up like 50 times. What do you mean not guilty? Like, y'all are disgusting. Um, we're gonna move on from this because I'm I'm angry now. Um, rest in peace to Shock G. Do the up, do up. Yeah. Um, he passed away at the age of 57. They haven't said how. Um, but he has passed away. I feel like a lot of rappers is dying. Like, what's oh, yeah, happening? I don't, I don't like it. It's it's getting weird. It's getting weird. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if it's because we're inside or if it's really just a lot of people just. Passing away at the same time, but it's getting weird. I don't, I don't like it anymore. I don't like it anymore. Like, let's just wrap that up. Just be cool. No more for the rest of the year. Um, DMX's uh, service at Barclays yesterday. Um, it was a very black event. Well, first of all, it was beautiful to see the car ride or the bike ride or whatever from Yonkers over the bridge into Brooklyn. Um, they had DMX up on like a really big, like, uh, what do you call them? Like flatbed, flatbed kind of trucks. And they had them in a red casket that had the Rough Riders uh, symbols on the side and on the top. It was beautiful. I was like, that looks expensive, honey. That look, that look like it costs a little money. Swizz's Bunny is being well spent. I'm like, it, it is DMX. So. Um, it was beautiful. It was just such a, and just to see all the motorcycles and the motorbikes and all the stuff, it was beautiful. It was beautiful to see. It was a very worthy of DMX send off um it started late like all black funerals do um because it was supposed to start i think at four or something like that it really didn't get started to about five thirty. uh but you know be always late for for black funeral functions um and i didn't see the whole thing i'm gonna have to go back and watch it but i didn't see the whole thing but i saw a few clips um his daughter Genova, she did kind of a remix to i'm slipping and it made me cry. I was like, <gasps> I tried to pull myself together, but a little yeah. tear did slip out yeah. to yeah. see, you know, his child uh, up there, like with his casket behind her. It she, was beautiful she, just she, to see all his children yeah, up she, there. She was killing the rap. She was killing the rap. His oldest son, um, Xavier, the one that he was on Iyanla Fix My Life with, he, you know, spoke as well and was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm stepping up to be the big brother. I'm a hold down all my siblings, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Nas came up and talked a little bit about them being in belly together. Um, I didn't see all the people that came up. I The one I saw the most of was Swizz. Swizz basically came up there and aired out the whole industry. And I was just like, oh, you're, you're mad on today. I was like, he didn't lie. He didn't lie. Um, I saw some people on the internet like, I don't know why he did that at a funeral. He made it about himself. I'm like, I don't know if you know this about black funerals, but there's always going to be a family member or a friend that's going to come up there and air out all the ish. Yeah. And and, and it just is what it is. You just got to take it. And I don't think y'all know how close Swiss and DMX are. Yeah, Swiss are. and DMX were like friends, friends, friends. <laughs> I don't think y'all know how like, close. D- 
Twist can go up and say whatever he wants. Yes, exactly. I don't think y'all know how like, close he was. When, when DMX was going out to rob people with pit bulls, he was taking Swizz with him. Swizz was right there with him. That's, that's how deep of friends they yeah, are. Yeah, like, so, I, 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 I don't think y'all, y'all, Twist can say whatever he, he wants. He can say whatever he wants. Who's going to fight him? Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Because er, you know who's er, standing right behind him? His uncle. So ain't nobody pressing him. Yeah. Er, nobody. Er, er, everybody, like, there's a certain level of yeah. closeness that Swiss is with him. Yeah, like, and so basically what Swiss said was, you know, it's a lot of fake people out here who out here celebrating talking about they was cool but they wasn't checking for him when he was going through they wasn't trying to help him they wasn't trying to do nothing because you know DMX was like on the lowest of keys blackballed from the industry yeah. for a while yeah for by, by a few people and you know that's 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 that on that but you know some apparently the streets are saying some of those same people who blackballed DMX was in the building and they kind of felt like Swiss was saying don't come to the memorial tomorrow don't do that because you, you didn't really ride for him. Don't do not do it. Don't do it. And he talked about, you know, making sure you have a will and making sure that you have your stuff in order because the, the bloodsuckers, as he called them, will swoop in and try to take a piece of the pie because they think you didn't have your stuff together. So I didn't I didn't disagree with nothing he said. I was like, well, yeah, there, there it is. Because there were people from... Um from Def Jam there yeah talking about oh and they they was the ones that was blocking him from moving forward so you know rest in peace to DMX the service the official family service is today I think BET is supposed to be streaming something I'm recording it right now I'm gonna try to catch it later but you know rest in peace to DMX it's just so sad just seeing his kids made me sad because it was like dang some of his kids are so young they have no idea who he is like his youngest kids are like a year old and I think two or three those kids have very little memory of him if any and it's going to be you know up to their parents to continue the mothers and the other siblings to continue to teach them about their father but the fact that they won't really have the experience that some of the older kids had because you know DMX was a lot of things he he had a lot of issues he had a lot of demons he had a lot of whatever but overall it seemed like he really was a good father and he loved his kids, even despite all of his issues. And so it's just kind of sad to see that, you know, there's a portion of his kids who will grow up not really knowing him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was that was that on that um, with regards to DMX. Well, hopefully, like, you know, everybody will keep it classy and we won't see a lot of like fighting for the next couple of years over, you know, his estate and his stuff and whatever. But, you know. Negroes gonna Negro, so yeah, I can't even, I can't even uh, <laughs> hope for too much. Um, moving on to more positive things or funny things. So uh, I don't know if you saw the story. There was a Florida couple who, and <laughs> I thought you said Florida couple, Florida anything, Florida, Florida man, couple, Florida, Florida woman. You know, yeah, it just, it's always it always goes left. It's always some foolery to follow. So there was a Florida couple who sent out their wedding invitations, inviting people to. Um, come to this mansion where they were going to do a wedding and then they were going to do a brunch the day after come to find out it was a it was a it was a mansion that's up for sale and the groom in this uh wedding had gone to the house as a potential buyer and saw it and said oh this would be a nice place for me and my lady to get married um the house is owned by the person who owns ihop uh, so you know they got big money long money so it's a nice Florida estate and so these people legit sent out wedding invitations with the address to this wedding on it with the address to this house on it and they were really planning to have a whole entire wedding 
on this thing for a two day celebration. So not two days. It was a two day celebration. <laughs> no, there, it was two like days. Quick, okay, in my mind, I'm like, oh, they're trying to do a quick in and out before. No, like, no, no, no. They, no, I, I, I found the wedding invitation online. I'm gonna have to show it to you. But it was like the Saturday was the wedding. I the summer. Because no. in my mind, I'm like, oh, they're gonna try to quick like No, all right, no. we're quickly running and do this real no. quick and come out. No, no. <laughs> have a whole two days whole, because they told people it was their house. They told people that they had bought the house. This was their estate that they had just purchased and they were having the wedding there. So this is what the place looks like. So basically they were having the wedding on Saturday and then they were having a brunch the following Sunday morning to thank everyone for coming and, you know, do their final send off or whatever. So yeah, Shanita Jones and Courtney Wills. I'm not going to front. When I first read the story, I was like, this is probably some white people because Florida, Florida stories usually are followed by wild white people. When I saw Shanita, I said, God damn it, Shanita. No, God damn it! Like I, I thought that too until you told me that they tried to do a two day celebration. I was like, after, I was like, oh, that's that's it's some black stuff. That's, that's black. I was like, oh my when, god! When you said that, I was like, oh, that's that's black. That's so black. basically, what happened? <laughs> that, that sounds black. They, you know, the house is basically pending an offer, so uh, they basically sent out these invitations, and then I guess the crew that came to set up. Uh, you know the tables and chairs and all the decors and whatever for the wedding came to the house and the guy was like who is these people trespassing on my property trying to set things up so he called 911 the guy who owns the house his name is uh, Nathan Finkel uh, called 911 uh he said, I have people trespassing on my property and they keep harassing me, calling me. They're saying they're having a wedding here and it's God's message. I don't know what's going on. All I want is for it to stop. So then I read and read the backstory about these two people. And apparently they recently got engaged like three, four months ago. And they the husband must have went to see the place. And he was like, I love this place. It's God's message. It's God. God is telling me that this is where we're going to have our wedding. So he decided to they decided to send out invitations telling people that they were having the wedding here. Uh, The police came and asked a couple to leave. They left. And that was kind of the end of that. But my whole thing is, if you were going to. Um, that's what I said that, 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 like when you were telling the story I was like it's very black because like white scamming and white, black scamming too and things that's, that's very black scamming I'm like how are you going to convince the people that this unfurnished house was yours what's what's happening they weren't going to let people inside they go outside like, yeah because the house you, you don't got to be inside yeah they didn't do their research all they do is be in the, back, in the backyard yeah because basically the guy lives like you know this is a big house so he has like a cottage property on the property so I guess when the husband went he thought no one lived no, there correct so he was like we could do this really quick mm-hmm. and then be out yeah and it's like no 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 someone no, does no, nobody's here mm-hmm yeah yeah so I don't know what happened I don't know if them people got married but I was just like uh yeah they, they y'all thought- did all the scheming and didn't at least double check to make sure nobody was there like come on y'all honestly it's it's not something like you don't expect someone to be in a small cottage and there's a big house there this is true but you gotta do your research you gotta be thorough you no, never no, know it's, it, it, was, it, was, it was a bad scam because if I had traveled to this wedding and y'all told me oh the wedding not gonna be at the estate anymore I want my goddamn money back y'all we gonna have to fight because I want my money I didn't spend money on a plane ticket yeah. I spent money on accommodations I spent money on clothes run my money yeah your scamming is not my problem. Run my money. Yeah. If like, I if I if I was a guest that paid money to come to this wedding, I'd be very upset. It was like, nah, we can do this real quick. Yeah, they no, no nobody because when you go to open house, you were like, oh, this house is empty. Nobody here. 
Yeah, I'm like, but you gotta assume that. Like, but why would you think that? And, and also, the person who did the open house, they probably didn't show the cottage. Probably, but but, but why would you? You just didn't know. You, you didn't know. If you don't know, you don't know. That that is. If you don't know, you don't know. A mess. But that that is very black scammy to have 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 the have the facade of looking mad fly, but not actually having the money for it. Yeah, I'm like like, like it, 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 white scammy is using that as leverage for something else. Mm-hmm. Black scammy is like I just want to I just look fly real quick. Yeah, I just want <laughs> I just want to stunt. I just want to stunt real quick. The, the invitations <laughs> talk about they they went they 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 having the festivities at their dream home in the state, y'all. Some type of mental illness got to be at play here because yeah, I'm like, how you, yeah, like, how you thought you was going to finesse this? Like black scammy dispute, like like you were gonna have you told everybody this was your house, so then you were gonna have the wedding and have the brunch, and then how were you gonna keep people from coming to quote unquote your house in the future? What was gonna yeah. be your excuse? How long was this lie gonna go on? Yeah, that's why I said like I, I appreciate black scammy because like it don't be affecting other people. <laughs> it don't affect other people like that. Like white scammy be like. Ruin whole lives and paychecks for other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Black people are like, oh, I was just trying to stunt real quick. Yeah, I was just I, trying to. I was just trying I to hit a quick work stunt. Oh, my fault. <laughs> I'm know? like, what? <laughs> my fault. What's <laughs> going on? At least we don't be trying to ruin whole lives. We're like, oh, we just trying to, we just trying to front, stunt real quick. Oh, we, we can't do. We can't stunt. You I just, couldn't. I couldn't take here. it. I couldn't. I couldn't. When I was <laughs> reading the story, I said, "You cannot be serious. You must be joking. You must be." They were not. They were serious. Um. <laughs> Moving on from that, um, so I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Meg The Stallion is apparently taking a hiatus from doing music. I don't know what she's doing, but she says she's taking a hiatus from music. Um, I, I want to talk about it because it came up um, with uh, uh, last week we talked about Melly leaving the music industry altogether. Now we see another female rapper talking about um, going on a hiatus. So I wonder what that's about. I feel like is she is she does she just need a break because she's been like everywhere for the last like year and a half i know she's in school so maybe she's trying to finish school um yeah, maybe like, she's going to rehab I, maybe she gets surgery i don't know what's going on i, I, hope she I, I think surgery. i think i mean it's i think sometimes like stuff gets overwhelming i think stuff's been kind of overwhelming with her mm-hmm. with things going on i think it was a, it was a hectic year yeah yeah so i i, I think when when you have years like that you, in your mind, you're kind of like, let me just back. I think that's usually when people are like, all right, let me just retire. Yeah, let me just take like, a moment. Even though they might eventually come back, but in their mind, they're like, I, I can't have another year like this. Mm-hmm. This was this was a terrible year, and like it, it could have been a good year money wise, but just a bad year and everything else. Yeah, because this year she was dealing with the whole, you know, Tory Lane shatter, yeah. and then people like, saying Tory didn't, and then like, Tory the, didn't and then like people talking her crazy about the WAP. Like, yeah, it, it, was, it was a lot of things that were like yeah, focused you know, on yeah. her. And Maybe then, it's just a mental health. Yeah, like so. Like I, I think as a celebrity, sometimes like it, it just so you're like, all right, let me just let me just be on the spot, out the spotlight for a second. Yeah, and I, I, I think the when people say they're retiring from rap, she, I think in their mind they're retiring from the spotlight, and I think yeah. that's what. Well, she didn't say she's retiring. She just said she was taking hiatus. Taking hiatus. But even yeah. hiatus, it means I'm, I'm thinking in their mind they're saying I'm taking hiatus from the spotlight. Yeah, I think that's usually. I think yeah. Joe Budden is the only one that really like didn't take a hiatus from the spotlight. Just he really was like, I want to rap anymore. Yeah, like I'm done with this as a thing. Yeah. And I, I, I guess I, I have you talked about like that whole thing about him retiring? No, because like I, I think I think that um a lot of people don't like. 
I think of the people who say they retire, I trust Joe Budden to say that and mean it. Mm. Even though I still believe he will come back, I think he really meant it because I think, I, I know as an artist, if every time you're writing and you're kind of writing pain mm-hmm. and you feel like you're in a pain situation when you write, mm. you know that like you writing will bring pain. I don't want to write anymore. <laughs> gotcha. I don't want, I don't want to perform because like I, I write these painful writes. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, and like, I don't want to be in this pain and I have to use that pain to pay my bills as out of obligation. Mm. Like I got to write this pay. I got, I got, I have to write because mm. if I don't write these songs, I can't pay these bills, mm. but I only feel in pain. So you're going to get this pain. Right. <laughs> I don't want to. I, I, yeah. He doesn't want to feel that way. Yeah, and I understand. Yeah, and I think with Meg, like because she's kind of like the new it girl in the rap scene. Like I think it's a lot of pressure to keep producing. Yeah, and it's like R- writing. I keep saying writing a song is quite hard. If you keep acting like it's an easy thing. Yeah, and it's like I can see how that is. That can be overwhelming, especially like when you've got other stuff going on. Because like Meg, Meg kind of blew up right around the time her mom passed away. Yeah. So it's like, I don't think she's really had time to address that and grieve that properly because it was like, she started becoming, you know, very well known to a lot of people. The next thing you know, you're seeing her at award shows, you're seeing her at the Rock Nation brunch, whatever, whatever. So I just think she didn't really have time to process all the things that have happened. And it's just been like one thing on top of another, on top of another, on top of another. So I think maybe the hiatus is a good thing. Hopefully she'll come back better than ever. Uh, back better than ever. Better than ever. Back so than uh, ever. let's talk about this uh, 420 verses real quick. Oh yeah. Meth and red. Meth and man and red man. Um, I ain't even gonna hold you. I had a lot more fun than I thought I would. Cause I didn't realize I knew as many of their songs as I knew. Um, I definitely was expecting more 420 activities to be happening. Uh, I was like, oh, this is just about to be just weed smoke everywhere. But it wasn't. They were actually giving us full performance. Um, I admire how uh, in shape and uh, not out of breath the two of them were uh, rapping for like three hours. Um, I love the cameos. Uh, EPMD came out. Um, RZA. Uh, what was his name? Inspector Deck. Inspector Deck, Capadonna. Uh, who else came out? Um, uh, oh my gosh, what's the Keith guy that Murray. sings? Let me let me clear my throat. Keith Murray came out. Keith um, Murray came out. Um, uh, oh my god, what is his name? My mind went blank. My my mind went blank too, and it's something simple Eric, too. Why Eric Sermon's EPMD? Yes. What is the name of the guy who sings? Let me like I'm embarrassed now that I can't remember this. It's mad simple too, and I'm gonna be mad when I find it. I'm Googling it right now when I see the name. I'm DJ be like, Cool. DJ Cool. I knew it was something simple like that. I wanted to say DJ Cool, but I was like, that's not right. But yes, DJ Cool came out. Who else they had um, come out? Um, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. But it was like a lot of nice guest appearances. I was annoyed that Eric Sermon was there and Redman didn't do React. I was ready. I was like, <laughs> what? he's here. What's the issue? Yeah, but they didn't do it. But I, but I mean, they also were on for three hours, so they yeah, had to. They're, they're, they're on for a long time. They had to wrap things up, I suppose. I suppose. But it was, I enjoyed myself. Um, it was definitely something nice to watch on a Tuesday night. Um, you know, I, I, I felt like they could have gone on even longer. Thinking about all the songs they didn't do, I'm like, this could have gone on forever. Yeah, but like 
people were saying it was, it was long, so I'll probably shut it down. Yeah, yeah. And then I like it. I like it not having a host. I understand why the Earth, Wind, and Fire one had a host, but I don't need a. I don't need a host for this one. Like this one was fine without one. Um, yeah, I, I I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed myself. And they ended off with the Rock Walla, which was awesome. Yes, I love that song. It's one of my favorites. I was waiting for it the whole time. I was like, maybe they'll do it at the end because. I enjoy that sign, um, but yeah, it was it was nice. They both they both look good for their ages because they both fifty or close to it, and they look good. They look and they, good, and they both know each other's songs. Yes, which was which is also so, exciting. So, so a lot of times, like they were both the hype man for each other's songs. It, it kind of was reminiscent of the Snoop and DMX one because they knew each other's songs and they were kind of hyping each other during theirs. So it was kind of similar to that. I was like. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's but I, nice, but I also understand people's version of like their critiques of it not being a versus. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was, it was more just a performance. It was and, a performance of two friends. Yeah, two friends hanging out, and like I understand why people don't like it when they're friends mm-hmm. because like it's not really hitting the same. Right, as it's, when like, I mean, but like, I also don't want like Jeezy Gucci energy. No, no, I, I don't, I don't want, want that. To be enemies, but like you want someone to be like, oh shoot, that, you hit me with that. Let me just. Yeah. Like yeah. try like more of a battle. Try, trying, trying to trying to like one up each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was cool. I enjoyed it. I think the next one coming up is uh, the SWV versus uh, uh, put them girls name Escape. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna watch because if I got to listen to Candy Burris, I ain't gonna be able to do it. Her voice is for somebody. It's not me. There's something about it that irritates me. But anyways, um. If y'all looking for something to watch, um, if you like Married at First Sight, you should watch Unmatchables because that is comedy. Okay, Mark and I watched the first episode the other day. So what Unmatchables is, is basically a show where they try to like help people who applied for Married at First Sight but could not be matched with somebody. So this first episode, it was um, this girl. Her name is Ashley and this guy named Xavius. And they're both interested the guy Xavius is apparently very particular about what he likes and what he doesn't like and this that the third and the fourth he don't like big girls he don't like this he don't like that he's big on perfumes and smells and so on and so forth so he's a little strange and then the girl she hasn't dated anybody since she was in high school and she's like 32 years old and you know she be farting in public a lot and it's weird. And so they go on a date and old girl farts while on the date. And I'm just like, oh, my God, it's cringeworthy. But it's hilarious. Nonetheless, y'all should watch it. It'll bless you. It's just like this is this is why dating is hard and why people stay single, because if this is what's out here, then I I could see why. Like, that's right. I, if I were single, I would just stay single because it seems like the offerings are just they're just not giving what they what they're supposed to give. They're not giving so, but if you're looking for some entertainment, watch that show. I think you'll you'll enjoy yourself. Um, is there anything else I wanted to talk Falcon about? In the Winter Soldier, yes, Falcon, Falcon and, and the, the Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. If you haven't watched it yet, go and get your life. Yeah, it's it good. is so good. Mad mad themes of racism and um, it is, it and is how the so army treats good. people. It's it's really good. It's very well written. Very yeah. very well written. It's very good. And I like the the pers- the black perspective that is woven through. Um, the show, it's so good. It's so so good. Like, yeah, I I I think um I appreciate the nuance of Isaiah Bradley versus um Sam Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, not versus. I'm not gonna say versus because they're right. they're not they're not completely against, against each, other. each other. Yeah. Um, but the nuance of like their perspectives and like how like it's developed because mm-hmm. like Isaiah Bradley has been through a lot 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like the super soldier before. Mm-hmm. He was treated terrible and everything. Yeah. And he was like, nah, no one, no black person be Captain America. They're mm-hmm. trash. America's trash. Mm-hmm. I'm be out here. Mm-hmm. They don't deserve us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, is how, how he was, which is a valid critique. Yes, especially and, from a person who has lived through, correct. you know, Jim who, who Crow and all pain. these other like crazy eras of America. Yeah, that is a very valid feeling you, you, for I, them I've, to have. I've I've went through all this stuff and everything. Yeah, but Sam Wilson's perspective was kind of like, I live here too. Right. <laughs> Basically, I live here too. My ancestors have fought so hard. I should at least fight. I, I should fight also. Right. And I, sh- I should keep fighting. I, sh- I should. I and also I, I should be able to eat Captain America because my ancestors fought me for me to do this. So I, sh- right. I shouldn't now not do it because of like I'm, I'm going. No, I, I know. I know people are going to like it. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. They'll be all right. People are not going to like it, but I'm not doing it for them. I'm right. Just, I'm doing it just because it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and he he had a very powerful speech. I'm not going to spoil too much, but he had a very powerful speech in in there. Um, if you haven't watched the series, please watch it. Very good. It'll bless you. It'll bless you. And, then, um, and the next one, I think, is Loki. Oh yes, I can't wait to watch the Loki yeah, one. Loki one's going to seem really good. I'm going to be annoyed because Loki can't help himself in terms of staying out of nonsense. <laughs> but if you if you do like the history or the research on Greek uh, on not Greek Norse mythology, Loki is the god of mischief, and so that's literally what he does. So I guess he lives up to what is what is you know role is supposed to be. But I'm just like if you could just not be involved in some mess sometimes, things would be so much so much simpler if you would just. If you would just get out of get out of the nonsense every now and again, like if you could just. But, you know, that would be too easy. Uh, when is that one coming out? Did they say um, there is a day for it? Because um, listen, Disney Plus, if you don't have Disney Plus, I need you to go get it because it's worth the money, honey. They're giving quality content on there. Quality. June 11th. June 11th. OK, so they're giving us a little break. Um, so go back. Watch WandaVision again. Watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier again. Get your life, and then get yourself ready for um, Loki, because I'm I'm ready. And then um, the other thing I saw is that they're making a Captain America four with um, Falcon turned Captain America as the as the lead, which I'm very excited to see. I was also reading an article um, that was interesting about like why um, Sam and uh, Bucky catch the catch the the shield differently when they throw it. Why? Basically they were saying Bucky catches it differently because his body is built to take the impact of it coming back to him. Yeah. Sam is regular. And so they wanted to show, you know, the difference between like, this is a regular, like, cause Bucky has, he has the arm. He's a super soldier. soldier. Yeah. Yeah, So he can just be like, Ooh, like, and, and and send me with, um, Steve, Steve Rogers. Rogers Steve Rogers super soldier So he, he catches it differently Yeah <laughs> Sam was like I'm, Sam was like I'm, This thing is gonna kill me I'm a regular dude This thing is gonna kill me I <laughs> have to this was, this, was, this was a part When he was training And mm-hmm. he was like Yo this shit was crazy Yeah <laughs> Like I was like That thing's gonna cut your head off Yeah <laughs> it was gonna Knock his head right off I was like <laughs> I was like You gotta, you gotta be serious I'm like They about to decapitate Sam Right in front of our eyes <laughs> relax, relax with that shield only. Yeah, yeah. That's so, what, so he he does throw it differently Like he um And he moves He, he has he, to be in motion Yeah Because he can't He can't just stand there And catch it The way yeah. Steve Or what you call it Any super soldier really Yeah Or any super soldier They can just stand there And catch it when it comes back he has to already be in motion because the force of it will knock him down. Yeah, because he is a regular man, <laughs> it's a regular, 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 regular man. But, but um, it also looks like he's going to have it's going to be a combination of um Captain America and Iron Man. Mm. 
kind of like in terms of sad because he has a lot of te- he has a lot of technology. Yes, in, yes, in, in his suit. Yes, and everything, and he can fly around like like Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So, like the, and like I guess his uh, person talking and everything mm-hmm. is would just be um, the Red Wing. Mm-hmm. So like. I, I I can see how like they're like they're trying to satisfy the technology portion that mm-hmm. like might have been missing after Iron Man left. Okay. They're trying to satisfy that that part of of the, um of the Marvel universe mm-hmm. by having him in there. Oh, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Yeah, because like because that because like without Tony, that, that that whole thing will be missing, like his extra excessive technology and all this all little things that people are looking for in Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like they they will look for Tony for like oh what new things did he come up with in this because like every every movie came with something new yeah this is true it was always something new some new technology thing and everything and like people appreciate it for that because like Sam is not a fighter like Steve mm-hmm. but he uses he uses his technology well and I think that's kind of where they're kind of taking Sam but he's also Captain America so it's, 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 like I said I think I think they're trying to find a way to like merge a lot of that stuff together yes indeed I just read something that was annoying anything else uh, just new music and apparently Lindsey Graham doesn't think uh, systemic racism exists because we have a black vice president or a black and South Asian vice president <laughs> that's what I was reading while you were saying that and I was just like I'm, you know what I'm not shocked you said I'm not, that I'm not doing this on today I'm moving on with my life because I do not like that man Lindsey Graham <laughs> <laughs> I do not like him at all <laughs> I do not like him <laughs> <laughs> I do not like him. <laughs> I do not like that man. Oh, I can't. I do not like that man, Jack Roos. I do not like that man, Lindsey Graham. I do not like them. I do not like that man, Tucker Doc Carlson. I do not like those men. I do not like them at all. No, they're all they're all they're all big trash. Every time they talk, I am angry. Every time, like I'm just like, I'm oh, just angry. Why do you still have a microphone? Please. I do not like them at all. Not at all. New music. Snoop Dogg put out. From the streets to the sweets, uh, Snoop Dogg is out here in the streets. He's gonna keep putting out um, albums till the wheels fall stop. off. He ain't gonna stop. No. Um, Corday put out a little something called "Just Until." It's four songs, and essentially, it's just kind of a, until I put out uh, my album when it's done. Uh, he's got a feature with Q-Tip and a, fe- looked, and a feature with Young Thug. A feature with Young Thug. What I just said. It, it looked interesting. I, I haven't listened to it yet, but it looks like it's interesting. Yes, um, Popcon. Um, the Jamaican artist has um, who's Zamunda? I don't know who Zamunda is, but it's somebody has something out called Solid Focus Rhythm. It's Popcon, Zamunda, and Furnace. Um, Moneybag Yo put out a Gangsta's Pain. Uh, I like Moneybag Yo for that for that song. I thought a broke said something. I, I appreciate that. It empowers me. Um, Mo and Zaytoven put out a collaboration called Motoven. And if you don't know who Zaytoven is, he's like one of the Atlanta uh, producers. A lot of Gucci Mane's uh, sounds are compliments of Zaytoven. Uh, so that that's 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 what kind of came out then, this week. Yeah, Slim Thug too. Slim Thug. Oh, I missed that one. Slim Thug put something out. Yeah, Slim Thug and little little Sir Yachty. Sir Yachty, the one that uh, Joe Budden screamed at aggressively. <laughs> People would not let that go. <laughs> because why was he yelling at that boy? For what? Stop yelling at him. Like, I understand that she was concerned about him not knowing his stuff. That is a real yeah. concern, but you do not have to scream at that boy like that. It was very upsetting. It was very upsetting to me and my homegirls who watched. Um, her and Chris Brown put out a song 
called Come Through. Fabio Foreign put out a song called Unruly. Blah! Sorry. I can't do the Fabio sound, but. <laughs> well, I was like, what was that? <laughs> I was trying to be Fabio. I was trying to be Fabio. Um, the weekend at Ariana Grande, they have a remix of Save Your Tears. Georgia Smith put out a song, Gone. Um, YG put out a song with somebody named Mozzie called Bompton to Oak Park. I feel like I saw something about Bompton before, like somebody has a whole whole thing. I, I think it's funny when the people call things that start the C's, B's. It's funny to me. It's funny to you. It is. Um, I'm just like, this seems like a lot of effort for you to just not call it, it by the name years, that it is. So I guess, why not? Yeah, but it just, it seems like a lot of effort that I wouldn't personally um, embark upon, but you know, people do yeah, what they want. They, like I said, they've been doing it for years. Like, why not? Just keep going. Live your best life, I suppose. So yeah, that was it for the new music. Uh, ooh, Jagged Edge put something out. Okay, interesting. No, it's, called, it's called Jagged Edge. Like, Jagged Edge. I don't think that's actually a Jagged Edge song. It's oh, just okay. Called, it's called Jagged Edge. Okay, okay. What about put music? I was looking at the same thing. Yeah, I was, I was like, like what is the music? Let me find out. No, it's it's called Jagged Edge. Like okay, like the Jagged Edge of a knife. Okay, got it. Hold <laughs> me. So yeah, that was it for the new music. Uh, new music. New music. New music. All right. So, um, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Um, bring up. No. Promote anything of that nature. I appreciate y'all. Please go to our store and get a t-shirt like this. Yes, please, please uh, patronize our store. If you don't see the video, I'm holding up the t-shirt of the All Love No Fear podcast t-shirt. Get you some podcast merch. It'll bless you. I got a podcast t-shirt on. Yes, I want one too. Um, this is yours. I'm just wearing it. Take my shirt off. Um, um, you wore my shirt yesterday. I wore the shirt. Well, I okay. I guess. <laughs> Because that argument has now become defunct. Um, yes. Um, yes. Get our merch. Get the merch. We got pillows. We got t-shirts. We, got pillows. we, we have got things. All the things. We have all the things. We, we appreciate your patronage and your support. Um, finally, if you're looking for something to entertain you, I suggest you go watch Kev on Stages uh, YouTube. He's got a video of him uh, spoofing uh, Toby Nguigwe's, uh All songs. All of his songs where he's doing the mint green aesthetic. So... Go get into that. It'll bless you. I appreciate Kev on stage and how his his promotion yeah. his his promotion game is top notch. Okay, top notch. He will not be topped. Okay, put some respect on that man's name. Yeah. All right. So I think that's it, y'all. So we gonna get on out of here. Uh, we gonna we gonna go do adult things. By that I don't mean. Well, it means whatever you think it means. Um, <laughs> I was gonna do an explanation. I'm like, for what? I'm grown. I don't have to explain anything. Nope. Um, but I'm gonna go do things that adults do um, to get their lives together. Um, yeah, because there's a lot of cleaning that needs to be done around here. Um, adulting is hard. I think housekeepers are a worthwhile investment. Don't let anybody tell you that they're not. Okay? Get your house cleaner. It'll bless you. Jesus Word. didn't down the cross for you to be cleaning your house by yourself all the time. He didn't. I don't believe that. Um, okay, we could put Jesus into this. That's right, I guess. That's cool. He said live life and live it more abundantly. I can live it abundantly if somebody else is cleaning this. Um. Okay, I guess. I'm, yeah, that's right. that's my interpretation of the scripture, and okay. so I'm gonna go forward with that as my thought. So, um, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we bid you adieu. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, boy.
Hey, hey. It's hey. the All Love No Fear Podcast. Hey. Check hey. us out. Hey. It's the All Love Oh No Fear Podcast. Podcast. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All Love Oh No Fear Podcast. Hey.